Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. Well, I think it's safe to say that we're all familiar, to one extent or another, uh, we are all familiar with mental health struggles. Now, some some of us have dealt with them personally, uh, and some of us have dealt with them personally more than others, and and some of us have simply been there and seen our loved ones struggle, and they may have been struggles that we didn't we didn't understand, and some of them may have been struggles that we saw and we walked with them through it and and tried to help them through it. But I would say that we're all familiar with mental health struggles and and one way or another, one way or another have dealt with it, uh, whether that's personally or with those around us that we love and we care about, or even maybe those that you don't love that you're around and you've seen them struggle. Um, it, it's the addictions, it's the anxiety, the, the depression, the imbalance, the, the confusion, the, the, the uncontrollable pieces of our lives that we want to change personally, but we can't. It's all those, all those struggles and more that we've had. And over this past month, we have dealt with the mental health struggles from a number of different point of views and, and dug up a number of different ideas. Uh, we talked about how mental struggles are, mental health struggles are real and that God cares about them. We've talked about how mental health isn't just about your head, it's about your uh, heart, soul, mind, and strength. We've talked about how the point of practicing consistent moments of rest is restoration and healing. And last week, Cheryl, Cheryl uh, Pastor Cheryl shared with us that whose you are is what makes you valuable not what you do, and that if you can set that as your basis of your personal value, then that gives you a firm foundation of how you can go on with the rest of your life. And that's all great stuff. That's all really good stuff. Um, but what do you do when those ideas and those thoughts aren't enough? What do you do when you've tried it on your own, you've tried thinking through it, You've tried processing it. You've tried practicing good good moments of rest, and you've tried uh, making sure that your 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 head, heart, soul, and mind are are trying to be aligned and trying to be healthy. And you you've brought it to God, and and you've taken moments of rest, and and you're working on your personal value, and it's still it's just not taking. It's just not taking hold or, or you just can't push through that barrier or that thing. It just keeps coming back and you're fighting it and fighting it and fighting it and you just can't get through it. What are you supposed to do then? How are you supposed to deal with this and what kind of, what kind of steps are you supposed to take? Well, this is, this is my thought for today, okay? This is my thought for today. It is that we weren't meant to face life alone. And that's why more often than not, more often than not, we need to get help. Let me say that again. We weren't meant to face life alone. And that's why more often than not, we need to get help. Now, let me, let me back that up. Let me tell you why I think that and where I'm getting that from. When we look at the Bible, 
We see tons of examples, tons of stories of different moments when people tried to do things on their own and they couldn't accomplish it on their own. We see moments where God says you need to have other people around you. We see moments where people are actually struggling with their mental health and God says you're not supposed to do this on your own. Here's some help. Or somebody walks into the picture and says, let me help you. Let me give you some examples. Uh, number one, we've talked about Saul, uh, I think, already, uh, but Saul, King Saul, he, he had some real troubling uh, mental health struggles. And there's, there's one example in 1 Samuel 16, 23, where he actually recruits David to play music for him because he, he can't sleep and he's so troubled and, is, and he's wrestling with such mental health issues that the only way he can even sleep is if he's got somebody playing music for him. And when he has that music playing for him, he feels at ease and he feels that tension and that oppression ease on him. And so he's there and he understands that he needs somebody to help him. At other moment, another moment, He's there and he's deep into this pit. He has done some really dumb things and he has created a whole bunch of problems and he is, he is fed into his mental health and the, uh, mental health struggles and his mental illness. And he is fed into that and his heart and his soul and his mind and his strength are all just breaking apart. They're all just cascading and, and, and going into chaos. And he ends up in this final, final situation where things are just really, really bad. And he is, he is in a place that he shouldn't be. And he's, he's, he's losing it. He's losing it. And the people around him come to him and say, Saul, you need to eat. You haven't eaten all day. That's part of the reason why you're, you're not able to process any of this. You're not able to get through this and figure out what you're supposed to do next. Is you haven't eaten. And he's like, no, I don't, I don't need it. I don't need it. And they, they continue bugging him. And he's like, no, you need to eat. And he's like, okay, fine. And so they go and they get him some food. And he couldn't do it on his own. Another example. In the book of Acts, uh, uh, Acts chapter 19, um, we see that there were a number of Jews who were going about trying to cast out demons. And they were going from place to place. And they would go to these people and they would try to heal them and try to cast out the demons. And at one point, they get to this place where they go to these, these people who are, are possessed by demons, and they try to cast them out, and they're like, the demons speak back to them and say, listen, I know who Paul is, and I know who Jesus is, but I don't know who you are, and you're trying to do this on your own, so, uh, no. And the, the people actually attack them and send them running for their lives, because they were trying to do it on their own without the authority of Jesus with them. Another example, in Matthew chapter 17, uh, we have an example where the disciples are actually going about and they're trying to do healings and they come up against one situation where there's somebody that's, that's possessed and, and, and having these struggles and in their, in their spirit and in, in their mind and they try and they try and they try to cast out the demon and they can't do it. They can't do it. And Jesus comes by and says, what are you guys doing? And they're saying, well, we can't. We can't do this. We can't do this on our own. And he says, oh, come on, guys. Like, this is one of those situations where you absolutely need to realize that you're not supposed to do it on your own. You need to get help. You need to pray. And you need to pray to God. And you need the power of God to do this. Uh, another example. In 1 Kings 19, we've talked about Elijah. 
This is actually what it says, uh, 1 Kings 19, uh, 15 to 18. It says, The Lord said to him, Elijah, Go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael, king over Aram, or Aram, also, anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel, Mahola, to succeed at you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escape the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death any who escape the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouths have not kissed him. Now, if you remember when we were talking about Elijah before, he had this great big situation where he, he stood in front of the king and all the false prophets, and they had this competition, and Elijah, Elijah proved that God was God and Baal wasn't. But then Elijah felt threatened, and he ran away, and he was, he was depressed, and he was suicidal, and he was overwhelmed, and, and God brought him to this place, fed him spoke to him, and then he gives him this tidbit and says, listen, you've got work to do. There are other people that have something to do in this story. This is not all on you, and you need to remember that you are not alone. It's not even just you handing over and asking people for help and putting them in the right place, but there are 7,000 other people that are in this with you. You are not alone. You weren't meant to go through life alone, and that's why more often than not, you need to get help. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it says, uh, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now, that was, that's a story of creation of how God made man and then woman. And, and how right from the very beginning, he saw all of his creation and he said it was good. And then he came to humanity and he saw man alone. And he said, it's not good for man to be alone. You need somebody else. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25, it says this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. How do we help each other do love each other and do good things? Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. And he says, you need to be together. You need each other. Don't think you, that you can do this on your own. You're not supposed to do it on your own. You're not meant to go through life alone. That's why more often than not, you need to get help. In Matthew 18, 20, Jesus says, where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. And then in Philippians, Philippians 4, 6-7, Paul writes, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends, that goes beyond all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In every situation, ask for help. We weren't meant to go through life alone. That's why more often than not, we need to get help. That's, that's where I get this understanding. That's where I get this idea. 
it, it seems very apparent in the Bible and in, in, in how God designed humanity, in what he built, how we work, and in dealing with mental health struggles. That we need to get help. We need to go through this together. Now, let me give you let me give you a, a an example just to just to drive this home a little bit. Um, I've got two little boys at home. Um, I've got a, a four year old and I've got a, a one year old. And our four year old it took about a year to get him potty trained. It was horrible, painful. Um, Definitely a worthwhile experience, though. Um, it was, oh, it was, it was so frustrating at times. Um, so we had three years, three years of, of dealing with dirty diapers and dirty, dirty underwear. And our our one year old uh, had a time where it, it's just been it's been really really interesting. Uh, but. Over the past four years, Heidi and I have had a number of moments in dealing with the whole potty training thing where you smell the kid, you take the kid into the room, put him on the changing table, and you open things up and you go, oh no, and you go, help, because it's just everywhere and then their hands are going everywhere and their feet are going everywhere and you're like oh no it's up here and I've got to hold them a certain way so it doesn't get all over the change table it doesn't get all over them that they don't get their hands in it they don't get their feet in it I don't get it thrown on me I don't get covered in this I don't get it and it's just those moments where it's like I might be able to do this by myself, but it is going to create a huge mess, and I'm going to get super frustrated, and I don't want him to accidentally eat this or intentionally eat it, and you've just got to yell and say, help, and then and then the other person comes in and grabs the kid, grabs the legs, another one gets the wipes, and you're kind of holding hands and holding feet and keeping everything stable so that everybody's safe and no one's getting covered and nothing is getting thrown. It just, there are some moments where there's enough poop in our lives and we need to get help. And when you get help, is so much better. Now I know that I know that there are a number of things in the way of getting help. There, there are concerns about what will people think, what will people say, will they actually make a difference? Will they will they just give me this like this pattern answer that they give everybody else and they're not gonna actually listen? Are they are they actually going to be useful? Are they going to hear me or are they going to push me in a direction that I don't want to go? What, what is this going to look like? What are they going to tell me? What kind of issues are they going to reveal? Am I going to feel worse about myself? Am I going to feel more defeated, more lost after talking to them? Sometimes that's why we avoid going to the doctor even for medical things. Sometimes that's we, why we avoid going to a test to see if we have a virus because we don't want to know because then there are consequences. And we have all these fears and everything. But we were not meant to do life alone. That's why more often than not, we need to get help. And those are all scary. Sometimes we just need help to get through it. Sometimes we just need help to deal with our kid 
in a really messy diaper. We just need help. Some of us have faced and are facing addictions. Those things that just won't let go. Those things that we want to stop doing. Those things that we want to change about our lives. We don't want to keep keep falling into that habit. We don't want to keep walking down that road. We don't want to think about those things. We don't want to click on those things online. We don't want to go. We want to quit smoking. We want to quit drinking. We want to, we want to quit drugs. We want to, we want to quit uh, being passive aggressive. We will, whatever it is, we have addictions and bad habits in our lives that are overwhelming. And we want in the logic part of our brain, we know it's bad, we know it's not good for us, we want to get rid of it, and we can't. And you fight, and you fight, and you fight. And it just, it won't let go. And you feel, you, you beat yourself up and say, why can't I stop this? I want to stop this. Why do I keep going back to this? How, how does this thing have so much hold on me? And you got to realize you weren't meant to go through life alone. More often than not, you need to get help. Some of us have, have struggled with and struggle with anxiety and depression. Where those thoughts, they're not just, they're not just negative thoughts, they're not just hard thoughts. They're, they, they creep in and you, they, they start to destroy the good things. The things that should be good, the things that should be exciting, the things that you should be able to celebrate, you, uh, you start to, they start to lose the joy. They get overwhelmed and defeated by those things. And, and good things become bad things just because, just because of that mental health struggle. And you, you do what you can to, to change and to get out of it and to think positive. And it's still there. It's still overwhelming. We weren't meant to fight that fight alone. That's why more often than not, we need to get help. Some of us have imbalance, feelings of, uh, of, of confusion or, or not clarity, uh, uncontrollable pieces in our lives. that we have tried to remedy. We've tried practicing good rest and exercise and, and self-help books and digging into our faith and all these different things. And it still feels like we're totally lost. It still feels like we can't see things clearly. We, we get an idea of what we should be doing, but then we do it and the results don't match. Or just the struggles. After, after solution and solution and solution, we try over and over again. We feel like we're still in the same spot. I want to tell you, we weren't made to do this alone. And that's why more often than not, we need to get help. So what can you do to get help? What do I mean by get help? Well, there are a number of things. Number one, dig into your Bible and pray. You're like, well, that's, that's still me doing it. Well, sort of. Um, you play a part in this, absolutely. 
But letting the Word of God speak to you, letting God speak to you through the Bible, and spending time in prayer where you're talking to God and you're pouring your heart out to God and you're listening for what He wants to tell you. You're all, you're all of a sudden not alone in that because you have brought Jesus into the mix. The disciples were trying to do stuff without Him. And these, these Jewish uh, exorcists were trying to cast out demons without Jesus. What they were missing was Jesus. You need to bring him into the picture. You need his word and his guidance and his power and his authority in your life to break strongholds. Because some of these strongholds, some of these mental health struggles have spiritual roots. And we've talked about that. Heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we need Jesus to be part of that. And we need him in there guiding, directing, and speaking to us. And there is something powerful supernatural, not magical, supernatural about the Word of God and prayer. Something else we need to do is we need to talk. I don't mean you got to talk to everybody, but you got to talk to somebody. Uh, this fear of, of admitting it, of saying it out loud, because once you say it out loud, then you can't take it back. If it's just in my head, I can pretend it's not a thing. You need to say it out loud. I actually encourage you to pray out loud. Um, but you got to talk, talk to the people in your family, talk to the people that you can trust, that you can love, find somebody that you, that you want to trust. And share. And you all have to pour everything out all at once. You can start bit by bit, test the waters, find out if you can trust them or not. I understand those dynamics. I understand that part of the struggle. But you got to talk. We need to talk to each other. We need to find people to dig into this stuff and share with. Whether that's a parent or a brother or a sister or a really good friend or a pastor or whoever. you got to find somebody to talk to. And you got to start talking about this stuff. Something else you can do and something you need to consider is that for, for some of these struggles, you need professionals. And a professional isn't, isn't saying get professional help doesn't mean you are so messed up that you need a professional. No, professionals aren't professional simply because they know how to deal with hard stuff. They're professionals because... They're trained on how to deal with it. They just know what they're doing and they're good at it. They may be a lot quicker and have a lot better advice than people that aren't professionals. And for some, for some of the struggles that we face, we need somebody that's got that training and has those resources to help us. Sometimes it's, it's an imbalance and we need medication. Sometimes it's it's something really deep-seated and we need a counselor to dig it up. Sometimes it's, it's just somebody that can understand us and read us well and speak into our lives without any personal connection. So there's no emotion and, and, and background tied to it. And they can be impartial and give us clear advice. And so talking to a doctor, talking to a counselor, talking to a therapist, all those different professional pieces, talking to a life coach, a pastor, these these things in our lives sometimes need somebody that is really good with the stuff to help us through it, to show us what the issues are and get us the help that we need. I also encourage you to find a community. 
and that's finding a church. Uh, they may be finding Alcoholics Anonymous. It might be Celebrate Recovery that we've talked about uh, this month. Finding a good church family, finding a group of friends, a small group, um, a micro group, and having people in your life that you can share these things with and that you can share with on a on an ongoing basis. That's one of the great things about Celebrate Recovery is that it helps you through it, but also gives you a safe place to talk and share and gain perspective. Having a good community and a good uh, uh, healthy healthy uh, faith family allows you allows you to have those safe places to talk but it also allows you to to share the burden just in everyday struggles so that they don't always mount up into this big huge problem that can't be dealt with having a good strong set of friends and family and faith community can alleviate so much of the pressure and so much of the stress of life because you're not doing it alone and we were not meant to do life alone and that's why more often than not, we need to get help. Listen, we get it. And Jesus gets it. We're not going through this series to condemn you, to judge you, to say, come talk to us so we can show you how bad and awful and how big of a failure failure you are. We get it. And I hope after watching this series you can see that we get it, that God gets it, that Jesus gets it, and He cares about you, and He wants to help. And the more that we're able to love each other and fight for each other and go through this together, the more we can deal with these struggles, we can find healing, and we can find health, we can find freedom. And even if we have struggles throughout our whole lives, we don't have to be defeated by them. I believe that we were designed to go through life together. And that's why more often than not, we need to get help. So I encourage you, this week, one way or another, if you're dealing with any struggle, Don't do it alone. Get help. That's what we were meant to do. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways. Mm-hmm.